Welcome to episode 32 of Justifying the F-Word. F-Word, standing for your 40s and 50s. And what are you doing in those 40s and 50s, Quinn? You're living your best life or attempting to do such. Some weeks are better than others. Yeah, trying to reach. Nirvana. Reach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try, <laughs> trying to hit utter utter bliss. Yeah. That's what we do. But I would say, you know, your 40s and 50s, like we've talked about, it's it's not a time to die. It's not a time to reflect on a midlife crisis, as uh, our good friends and uh, guests of the show would say, making the rest of your life the best of your life. Yeah. Get busy. Living. Or get busy. Dying. Boom. Ooh, little, yeah. what movie? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Yes. So there's boom. there's three movies that come up if I'm in a hotel room that I sit down. Well, four. Four. Yeah. Okay. That if these come on, five. they they suck you in every time. I'm gonna say five. You just keep adding to the list. Okay. Number one, Red Dawn. Yeah. Okay. Red Dawn is more of a preparatory movie. It's uh, it's more training. It's one of those things that you. Sit through to learn what you would do if if the country wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much just a guideline. (sighs) Number two, this follows right along with Red Dawn, and might might even be a prequel, but Roadhouse. Okay. Okay, it has everything. Yeah, sure. Guns, guitars, fighting. Don't you usually say that Red Dawn is like Dirty Dancing number two? Yeah, because, no, Red Dawn is the prequel to Dirty Dancing because it has the same people in it. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Okay. So, Roadhouse, incredible movie. Okay. Just great. You have Samuel Elliott. Okay. Let's hear three. Let's hear three. Okay. Three, Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) Well, for sure. Okay. Okay. Agree on that one. Shawshank Redemption comes on. It's just, it's so good. You have to watch it. Yeah. Okay. And just fun fact is, Zawatanejo, where he goes at the end of the movie. We went in our, college. Yeah, we break. were dating. Yeah. yeah, we went on a trip there. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Four young guns. Okay. Okay. It's a good one. Okay. Sucks you in every time. And then for a tie for five would be either Tombstone or We Were Soldiers. I feel like you just gave a list of your favorite movies. No, I'm just saying these are the ones that get you sucked in every single time. Yeah, okay. Okay. I know you feel the same way. So much. I know Roadhouse comes oh, on and every you're like, time I'm like You're like me ho me ho. I was like, hold my purse. <laughs> I gotta watch Roadhouse. It's so good. Mm. Yeah. So we are still uh Bouncing back and forth between winter, trying to get the spring. And we I think there was one day this week we had everything from like summer, spring, winter, back to spring, back to summer. And then a little bit of fall in there. Yeah. It's so, it's, it's so ridiculous yeah. on so many different levels. Well, uh, our last episode was on making sure you, uh, follow your check engine lights and as part of that is routine maintenance so yeah so guys um i, I mean we're gonna get real exciting in here um this week i went and got my teeth cleaned base and dental fans base of the show and dental. Yeah. i mean i feel like becky is a little bit cooler than jared oh geez you just started i'm just a, kidding just, just kidding they, they argue between the two of them you're both equally cool in our eyes but yeah so um 
Went into the dentist. I got a new toothbrush. They had new colors and I got a hot pink one. Ooh. Yeah. How fascinating. I mean, well, pretty exciting. Right? Let me tell you, your dental work is what you pay for. And oh. uh, <laughs> you learn your lesson. I, I don't even know why you like even. Yeah. Tell the okay, story. Let me, tell spin the story. You, let me spin you all a yarn. So there I was. I was 18 years old. I was so innocent. This like is still, I think, in your Tide Pod years. This is before I met Megan. So my innocence was still beaming like a noonday sun. Mm. Yeah. Beaming. Yes. Pure innocent. And uh, I was looking at, through the student paper and I know my mom kept saying, you know, you probably need to get your wisdom teeth out. You know, you should do it while you're in college up there or whatever. You know, that that's something you need to get taken care of. And so I'm looking through the paper. I'm like, Wow you can get your wisdom teeth out at this place. I think it was like $150 for both for all four. I guess there's four. Yeah. 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 So I go in there and they're like, Oh yeah, no. Did you- your mom give you a dollar amount? No, no. I just saw it in there and I was you like, were like, well, that sounds pretty reasonable. And so I had all these roommates and people lived on my dorm floor that talked about, Oh, you know, they knock you out. You're all loopy. Yada, 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 yada. So I assumed I was going to be super loopy. So my sister, or so my mom arranged that my sister, who was going to school in Utah at the time, was going to come up to Idaho and pick me up and kind of take care of me for a day as I got out of surgery. Little Queenie. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, I was innocent, like the noonday sun. Mm. Yeah. So innocent. it was before I met you. So I'm pretty sure there's some naked pictures of you running around campus that would say otherwise. Innocent. Children are innocent and they're born into this world nude. Thank you very much. Okay. (laughs) Birthday suit. Birthday suit. Okay. So I go in to have my wisdom teeth out. Like I went in, they did x-rays or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, here here comes the point where they knock you out. And he goes, we're just going to give you a little Novocaine. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, you don't, you don't knock, knock, knock me out. Like, I don't know. We don't do that here. Next thing I know, some leather straps come out. Yeah. Yeah. To hold my arms to the chair and a big bite block gets put in my mouth. And at this point, I'm starting to think, oh, yeah, you get what you pay for, right? This $150 deal. So let's just say I was awake the entire time of my wisdom tooth surgery to the point there was a point where the dentist, not like on Bad Bosses, was straddling me. <laughs> it wasn't Jennifer it Aniston. Was not Jennifer no. Aniston. That would have been a willing reprieve from what I endured, but was straddling me. And I was hearing my impacted wisdom teeth break as blood filled up the back of my mouth and I was gurgling. So uh, pretty traumatic. Didn't when it, you say you came out and you were completely sweat? I was drenched with sweat. Like I and like you know, that you should be asleep for that. That was not, that well, was. And the best is our daughter, our oldest got her wisdom teeth out last summer. And you kept telling her this story. It and was, I was straight like, up. It was, it was straight up medieval. Yeah. Well, you should have known better. So to everyone in the F word nation, if you have children and they call you and say, Hey, I found this place for $150. I can get my wisdom teeth out. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like ask, ask, do they, do they knock you out? Like just, just, just don't be do put on. Yeah. Um, we also, we had our youngest um, talent show. Third grade talent show was a big item this week. And we've um, been to it with all of our kids. So this was our last hurrah of going to the third grade talent show. Can I just say how good it was? There was ukuleles. There was sign language. There were songs. And the best part of the third grade talent show is 
they get to pick what they want to do, what they want to share. And it is, they are so passionate about it. Like it, that's the best part is they it's like they have no care in the world. They get, I mean, they're nervous. This is a big deal, but they want to show you what yeah, they It's like out. one kid was playing bucket drums and it was like, this is amazing. And one kid showed how he could eat an egg, a raw egg. Yeah. And then another <laughs> kid was like, let me show you how I feed my animals. Like it was amazing too. Yeah, there was a lot of girls that did tumbling and people yeah, did dance it was awesome. and rollerblading. It was just so good. And they the, the best part about it is we get to a point and in our lives where we look at things, we're like, someone's just going to make fun of us. We may not be the best at this. That never goes through a kid's mind. A no, kid is it was like, like they I, got up there and it was like, these are my Legos. And it was like their passion. Well, they love it. And yeah. they don't. they don't necessarily care and you think about it is you probably are that way till somebody tells you you're not the best and then you're embarrassed and you stop doing it which is really too bad because it's so dope to and watch it, these yeah kids. and it was so innocent so uh brosif our youngest uh he his name really isn't brosif it was just a nickname but people now think his name is brosif but anyway he picked skateboarding and this was a huge family thing because it was like he was he was stressed and we had we kept saying we're like bud just go have fun yeah we took his ramps to school yeah i mean it was a big deal so it was super fun to go support him well and the kid is such a rule follower too that uh oh yeah he was like i can't take my skateboard on the bus and so i had to write him a note and i'm like did the bus driver even ask why you had your skateboard well no but i don't think it's allowed on the bus and i was like you keep that whole innocent of not wanting to break <laughs> rules. Let's keep that all the way through, buddy, all the way. So speaking of little buddies, uh, we did a like church slash neighborhood camp out on Friday night. And I will say that was the day that we are speaking of that we, we had all seasons, all seasons. And uh, it was the four seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> however, if, if you've ever seen a tale of someone freezing to death, that was pretty close. It to was, what, I think 20, what, what in the morning it was, well, we turned in the middle of the we night, turned the truck on. So we slept inside the cab of the truck. So my son slept on the front seat because you were like, screw this. We are not sleeping yeah, on I the told frozen him, I'm ground. Like, Dude, we're not bringing a tent. Like I'm not going to freeze to death. It's going to be wet and cold. So I uh, put an air mattress in the back of the truck in the, well, I should say in the back seat of the truck, I folded it up and I was thinking, Oh, this is great. Except it was a little long, so when I folded it up, it like took about five inches to six inches of really precious real estate in the back of the truck. So I was kind of crumpled up. I could kind of get on my side and pull my knees up, and it was so freaking cold. So in the middle of the night, my back was so cold, I took a blanket and laid it on the air mattress, and then curled up above it with my other blanket. And then after that, I was like, Logan, you got to turn the truck on for a little bit. And so we got it, but it was, uh, you, it was, you dadded hard. I dadded hard and it was great bonding time. And the funny thing is you we, guys fished. Oh it yeah. Was amazing. Yeah. We come back in, we come in the truck to go to sleep that night. And he's like, yeah, my feet are pretty cold. I've been in the river just walking around. And like I said, when the sun <laughs> dipped down, we, we were in the thirties <laughs> and we were seeing everybody's breath. So he he was wandering around and <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just to paint a picture. So at the same time, 
Quinn was getting ready to take off, like to go on this. I, I had left. You had left. Yeah. So I, you know, uh, older kids were doing stuff. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go for a, a Friday, hot Friday night, you know, therapy run. So, um, which by the way, your running has been very successful. Yeah, yeah. It's been awesome. So anyway, where we live, there's like, um, we live in a mountain town and there's not a lot of roads. So I have a few routes and I ran one of my favorite routes. And as I got going, I'm like, man, I feel good. And so I was kind of just heading in one direction, not like the band, like one direction. And it's, it was amazing. Saw like, you know, cows were, you know, in the fields. Like, sun was shining yeah, down. Yeah, sun was shining down. I even like stopped and took a picture. I was like, because it was just so green. We live in a place called Mountain green get it but it was uh but i mean it was so green and then you had the mountain peaks that still had snow so i like stopped so as soon and i could see the sun everything and i turned around at my halfway mark like two and a half miles in and i was like oh yeah turn around and i see in a distance it is a dark the eye of mordor yeah it is black and you could see that it is raining in a distance and i was like Oh no. So let's just say that I just started picking up my pace. I was like, okay, I, Quinn's not here. And I hit a little over a mile to our house and it didn't just rain. It started hailing. Well, didn't it snow? It snow and then it started hailing. Yeah, it, it started raining and then it just all of a sudden it was like snowflakes and it was just hard hail <laughs> for the last mile. And I came in like a drowned rat. So, um, that was my Friday experience, but it was always still good Mind to get you, out. We were, uh, we were camping. Yeah. You were <laughs> camping and that. So it, like, I feel like there should be an analogy of where it was like all sunshine. And I even sent a picture to Quinn. I'm like, this is my halfway mark of my run. This is the end of my run. And it's like the hailstorm, like everything. Yeah. So well, we've said this before, but at least where we live, there's, you can have no trust in the weather till at least June. Yeah, June's when we're like, okay. Because you can have an 85 degree day and then you can have four inches of snow. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's, it's absolutely stupid. So we are going to dig into today's episode. And some of it might be uncomfortable. Ooh. That's, that's <laughs> like the word of the, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So imagine you're sitting in a setting Let's say, let's say, let's say. <laughs> Am I in a, a blank room, a setting? No. How about, how about you're on the couch? Okay. I like the couch. And let's say I come to you with a conversation that may not be something that you want to talk about instantaneously or makes you feel a little weird, no? Weird, no? <laughs> <laughs> or let's say even your child comes to you. And brings up a subject matter or tosses something out that makes you want to recoil or maybe pawn off and run away from. Yeah. So I think we've all been there. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about a solution. And I'm going to turn the mic to Megan. I mean, not literally, like figuratively, because we both have our own mic. Yeah, we actually have two other ones, but nobody's else yeah, is in yeah. here. <laughs> All right. So if this kind of came about, I mean, long story, we always have like a reason why we have a subject matter, but our kids always joke, like if there was a bumper sticker that was made, 
that would be like a reminder from their mother, their mother, that would be me, um, is my token saying in our house, literally say it probably on the daily, um, is it's only weird if you make it weird. And I say that all the time to our kids. Like, it's only weird if you make it weird. Things just got weird. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I literally want to make a bumper sticker. Green lights. Green lights. And so our kids. If you haven't read Matthew McConaughey's green lights, it's all about bumper sticker phrases. Yeah. So bumper that's sticker. Why, that's yeah. why we say green lights. So anyway, so this is our saying in our family and it, it is used. I mean, you can steal it. You can use it. Um, but numerous subjects that are uncomfortable that need to be discussed. And by avoiding it, um, I think it will lead to detrimental things to like your own health, your children's health, maybe their well-being, uh, your relationship, like that trust. Or, or like the relationship with their own body. Yeah. And with, or even basic education, like all of the things. And so um, it is things that, that this came about and we're going to dig a little bit deeper in it is it really stemmed from our kids um, coming and asking questions. And this, uh, this subject matter uh, goes well above, above and beyond kids too. It goes to your relationships. It goes to your work environment. Yeah. Everything. So we're going to dig in, but like starting off, starting we want to start with your kids. Cause I feel like, well, I feel like this is probably the best example of this yes. whatsoever. So let's talk about the big one, right? Yeah. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about sex, baby. baby. Oh let's my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned. We just looked at each other. It was like, doo, doo, doo. but uh, <laughs> oh, Matt, maturation, the puberty. Yeah. And I think also body parts. Yeah. In that, so Quinn and I, before we had kids, we were like, we are going to be so open. We're going to discuss everything. And, you know, it was something that we just wanted to be open with our children and it, honest. Well, and we wanted to do it so we there wasn't a a weird body shame or something that's totally natural like sex wasn't something that they felt so uncomfortable or so outside of the realm of being able to come to us with questions and ask. Yeah. Us. And, but I will tell you, it was something that we both agreed on. We were both, you know, very open we about, like, yeah, totally about, about talking about with, um, each other. And the first time it happens, you're kind of like, I want to de deflect, you know what I mean? Or I can't believe this. And it was one right off the bat that we're like, okay, we need to, to hit this head on because, um, and we're going to dive into this a lot deeper, not just with talking to your kids about sex. This could be about your relationship. It could be about sex and that, or issues you have. It could be at work. Like having a work problem is you avoid the conversation. A lot of times it closes that door and it doesn't open again. Well, and the only reason why, well, and it kicks the can down the road too. Yeah. When you when you avoid it, all you, the only reason why you're doing it is because you're uncomfortable. Let's say let's say it's work, you have to have a difficult conversation so you avoid it. If it's talking about like we just mentioned like sex with your kids, you kick it down the road. I would phrase that different. Yeah. Yeah, I totally. <laughs> phrasing. Yeah. Phrasing. If, if phrasing people, if you're if you if your kids come to you with a question. There you go. There yes, you go. Phrasing. About, about sex. <laughs> then 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 you have the conversation. So it was like we were all out in the hot tub. Was we this? we had a we had a two for one. Yeah, we had a two for one cuz we had already had the conversation with our oldest, but were we was this last year? No, this was like, like it was a while because 
it was the kind of deal that I was like, okay, I kind of need a broke because our middle is, we like to call her our little lady. She does not like to, she likes to be very like, keep it classy. Yeah, she's classy. So she wasn't necessarily the kid that came and was asking questions. She wasn't quite to the time where we're like, okay, we're going to like sit down and talk about all this. Um, but our youngest is very inquisitive. Well, like, he wants to know how things work. Yeah. And he, he, so we actually, it was, so we were in the hot tub. Yeah. So we're all in the hot tub and he just looks over and he goes, so, uh, how do babies get into mom's belly? And so I proceeded to talk to him about the woodland gnomes called the Gunther gnomes that. <laughs> and I think I looked at you and I was like, no, try again. <laughs> Because you're like, there's a Gunther gnome. They come. And I was like, no, try again. I'm like, the great woodland Gunther gnome. Yeah. <laughs> Have but- I told you the tale? <laughs> but I literally looked at him and I said, I said, buddy, you know how you have junk, right? You know how you have a penis? And he's like, yeah. And I said, you know how a woman has a vagina? And he goes, yeah. I go, there comes a time where those two things meet and you end up having a baby. And, you know, basically explaining it to him in terms he could understand. So he was like, I think. Six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I talked to him about it and I just said, I said, listen, dude, he's like, well, that's weird. I go, really? It's not. And and again, that's why we always say it's only weird if you make it weird. And I said, listen, cats do it. Dogs do it. Deer do it. Deer do it. And I just said, it is just something that's natural. It happens in every, you know, with every animal and it happens with human beings. And that's how babies, you know, get into your, get into a lady's belly and he uh he was like oh yeah and and then from there i think that it definitely built trust because it is the kind of deal like he will come sit down and be like i'm confused by this and i mean there has been way i mean probably from this point on and especially with all of our kids i think the day and age of one conversation and then we ignore that it ever happens or your kids are changing and it's things that they're hearing about is I literally with Logan since then, I probably had 50 different conversations with him asking. He'll go even to our oldest and say, Hey, I had a question about your period. And yeah. it's not being, I think it, I think the reason why he asked her about that was because there were bears. Yeah. There was a bear in, in uh, Morgan <laughs> County last week. So, um, but the biggest thing is, is don't be naive And think just because your child isn't necessarily asking, don't think, oh, well, they haven't heard about it because they have, and they might know the words or have heard the words, but they, they don't have an understanding. And I very much, this is, I guess, probably like, um, you know, I guess gospel according to Megan Brown is it is, you know, it's great. If your school does a maturation health unit um, and that, but it is not. Are we talking about the puberty? Yeah, but it is not the school. It's not your church. It is not their responsibility to teach your children about sex and about being healthy. Well, what's really interesting about that is you think about your children and you think about how you try and control the narrative. Like you want to educate them the way you want to do it. You know, you have certain values that you want to instill in your kids and you want to control that narrative. Why lose control? Because if because if it's weird for you as a parent, like if it's weird and you feel like you can't have that, you're absolutely conceding 
that control and that conversation. And, and it's going to be someone else teaching your kid. And maybe that's not the way you want them to be taught. Yeah. And I think too, is if they see that you're uncomfortable with it, they're like, uh, this is something that's shameful or this is something we don't talk about. Or they look at it as saying, this is something wildly unnatural, because if it's not natural for my parents to talk about it, if they can't have that And these are the people that are supposed to be, I can ask, I, I can, can go ask. to. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, so we just talked about the uh, talent show and about kids having like no shame whatsoever in showing off what they can do. Like when a kid comes to you with an honest question, they do it with no shame. Yeah, they're not looking at, and I will say, so with this is, you know, if you, it's not a one and done conversation, but the thing is, we did not have that conversation with Logan that we are going to have with him when he's 14. You know what I mean? We're like, okay, he's seven. Yeah, we didn't shove it on him. We're not like, okay, but since then it's progressed. And so that trust has been there where he's like, like literally it was like Christmas Eve and I'm like cooking and he's like, I don't understand how my penis is supposed to be put inside. And I was like, okay, let's talk about it. And it, it is not an, I know that sounds that was a great way to kick off Jesus's birthday. Yes. She liked it. Well, it was just and my oldest, just sitting there laughing and being like, mom, you got this. But I will say there was nothing like I know that it is, and probably people listening being like, Ugh, there's words in there, it makes me uncomfortable. But it was just one that turned around and I was like, let's talk about this, buddy. And, you know, it was one of those that went through, explained the science behind it. And he was like, that's weird. And I was like, well, not really. Any guy that walks around the, like, that you look around, it's happening to. So that conversation is progressed. And it's like my oldest, who's 15, it is like something we, multiple times a week have some form of a conversation that involves something about sex. I know that she's at that age. I'm not naive to think there are people in her school that she might know that this is happening and it's not a lecture. It's just like, Hey, let's talk about this and make it like in a way, like be okay with it. Well, and that's, that's not saying, you know, you're green lighting or anything like that. That is just being to the point that you're teaching them and educating them and allowing them to understand. And I think the biggest thing about this is comfort level, because you're, if somebody comes to you and this can be any setting, this can be, uh, this can be your kids, this can be your spouse, this can be a coworker. But if you treat, if somebody comes to you with trust that you'll answer their question and you deflect it and you get uncomfortable about it, then they're uncomfortable about it. And once again, you've lost the narrative. They will go talk to somebody and, else. And I will say with that, and maybe this is unpopular opinion, but if you do have girls out there, they should be able to go to you as a man, as their father and say, I need to get tampons. Like it is not a weird thing. So it is one that I, I tell my, my kids all this time, my girls, especially, I always say, if there is a guy when you are older that is not able to talk about you having a period, which is a normal bodily thing that happens to be able to procreate, you should not be having sex. And I know a lot of like people out there that's probably different, but if you have girls, like it's one that our girls can come to Quinn and say, dad, like I'm out of tampons. He's like, I'm on it. Just let me know what you need. And it's one of those of realizing, and I think they look at it too. And that example of their dad just being like, Hey, 
this is no, I mean, he might joke and be like, are you going to attract bears? That's always kind of the ongoing <laughs> afraid, afraid of sharks <laughs> in the mountains, you know? Yeah. But I think it is one of those that if you are able to talk about it, you know, um, I, I was talking to someone the other day and it was kind of a discussion of how I guarantee there is a lot of grown adults that don't fully understand. They understand the act. They don't understand the science. Yeah, of they how, do. <laughs> yeah. But they don't understand the science behind how they get pregnant. I mean, they get it, but they don't understand like how the whole cycle. I mean, it's something that I discuss with my girls all the time and stuff like that. And so it is one. Well, you know, why, here's the why other is thing it weird? Too, is, is as you have kids hitting the puberty and the maturation is, you know, they're sitting there saying, why is this happening to me? Well, it's important that they understand the why and then also understand that, you know, an adult's game carries an adult's price too. And understanding like, Hey, your body's changed. And the reason why all this is happening is because you're, you're biologically set to be, to make babies. Like yeah. That's- and that's why I tell them all the time. I'm like, as cool and your hormones, everything. But I was like, everything is so that your bodies need to come together and they want to create babies, even though you're not thinking about that. But I think it's important that they just understand instead of saying, well, this sucks. I feel like crap, you know, for this many days out of the month, they understand the why. Yeah. And, you know, it's and being comfortable enough to have that conversation that they can come to you and say they're not hiding it. They're saying, oh, my gosh, I have such a bad headache or blah, 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 blah. This is what's going on. And just being able to have that conversation. So conversely, uh, can I share a story? Yeah. I have to tell you about my sex oh. chat that I had with my father. Yes. Okay. And, so, and to your dad. It was the day and it was the day and age. It, it was the day and age right? where I feel like a lot of us all have similar stories. Quinn's is amazing. He's going to share. But we all have stories more or so of our parents. It was that age. I think it's usually like fifth, sixth grade. You They knew maturation was coming. And so they sat you down on the edge of this the bed. This was a little bit before. Yeah. Well, you were, you were, you know. Ahead of the time. I was advanced for my... Yeah, but I was saying is usually it was kind of more one and done. Yeah. And then it was like, we don't speak of. So I was probably eight. I had to have been something around there because it was right when... It's a pivotal moment in my life because I had this conversation right at the same time Return of the Jedi Mm, came out, you know, it was... Good to see that Darth Vader found absolution. I love final, that we're drawing all comparisons. <laughs> final days. So this this has a point of talking about Return of the Jedi. So we had bought these dope um, lightsabers. And I had a few guys in my neighborhood that had them. And they were essentially flashlights that had a tube that screwed down into the flashlight. And it had a little piece of plastic and it glowed either red or green or whatever for Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker. So... My parents, so let's fast forward. My parents were gone on a date or like a work function or something. So my oldest sister was babysitting. So I had learned the proper biological term for a lady's hoo-ha as vagina on the playground, yet I had no idea what it actually meant. I think somebody called me a vagina. Yeah, I mean, naturally. Naturally, like, (laughs) and so I, so I had no idea 
absolutely no idea what it meant. It had a nice ring to it, but I had no idea. <laughs> a nice ring. <laughs> but I had no idea what the actual words, what it, what it meant, right? So we were out, and let me paint you a picture. It was just dusk. The sun was just beginning to set. It was cresting. So, there was no mountain. It was so, the Midwest. So I was able- The cornfield. The, the fireflies were starting to come out. But I was able to turn my lightsaber on. And see it glow. And see it glow. Because yeah. in the middle of the day, you couldn't see anything, right? So it was just perfect. So my oldest sister comes out, and I still remember. She's like, hey, you need to come inside. Like, And we were in my front yard, so I still don't see what the big deal is. But she's like, you need to come inside and start getting ready for bed. And I'm like, I'm like, we are having the best Star Wars battle known to man right now. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't do that. She goes, no, you need to come in or you'll be grounded. And so anyway, I huffed and puffed in, and I looked at my sister, and I'm like, you're just a big vagina. And uh, she was like, what? It was like <laughs> Christmas story, right? You know, when he, you when he drops the F-bomb on the fixing the tire. So I'm at this point, I'm castigated to my room with the light off, and I get the whole speech, of, you're going to talk to mom and dad when they get home, right? So anyway, I'm in my room crying. I don't even know what I've said. I have no clue what the word even means. And so... I'm in there and I'm terrified because I, I don't I don't know if I just like unlocked Pandora's box with the demon code. Like I have no idea what I <laughs> what I even said. So my dad, they I hear my parents come in and I'm like, I am so dead. I'm so dead. And my dad comes in and he's like sits down on the edge of the bed and he's like, We need to talk. And I'm like, okay. And I'm just scared, like, cause I don't I don't know what I said. And and he's like, and he's real stern and he's like Whoa! Uh, what what did you call your sister? And I said, I called her a big vagina. And he goes, Do you know what a vagina means? And I'm like, I have no clue. Like I have no idea what a vagina is. And he looks at me and he goes, It's kind of like a woman's penis. It pats me on the back and stands up and Good walks, talk, son. walks away. So you can just imagine the uh, confusion that I had and the assumption that, you know, I guess women had penises too. So <laughs> that was a, uh, that, that was that, your talk. That, that was, that was, <laughs> it was, it was a good talk, but, uh, that, that was it. That was kind of the, uh, the long, the long and short of it. So once again, um, it was a different day and age and a different time, but that's really like moments like that. Instead of me feeling wildly uncomfortable, like I was in trouble, really, it was the time to, to teach. Yeah. And I think um, use those opportunities to have a progression in your conversation. And this, I mean, like I said, we've used that example of talking about sex because it really is as parents, a lot of times that uncomfortable um, situations, but there is a lot of other situations, you know, parenting or, you know, in relationships where, you know, if you close that door, it's it's going to be hard to crack back open. And the one last thing I wanted to put in there, just, you know, kind of adding in of having that conversation with your kids is um, it, if you're able to talk to your kids about it, it is going to create more of a healthy um, relationship. 
Well, a healthy relationship, but also uh, what a healthy conception. Yes, not of conception it. like getting pregnant. Yeah, conception, no, but, but it is one of those of perception. Perception, yeah. yes. Um, and we always tell, or especially, I feel like I have a lot more um, with the kids because I'm with them more. It's just always telling them, be like, it is awesome. But having that conversation, even with our 15 year old, and be like, it is literally one of the coolest things when you love someone. And I talk about it where a lot of it is, you know, the reason, you know, it is such a big choice in life is that there is so much emotion that is attached to it. And you will like, once that is, you know, gone, it, it it's, it's, you've stepped into a different realm. You started playing an adult's game. Yes, exactly. And so I think having those conversations, instead of just saying, nope, you're not doing this. It and is, them going, well, my parents said no, so I'm going to figure out what yeah, this is it, all about. It's one of those of just constantly, it's like, I even told her daughter, I was like, if you ever think about being sneaky, your dad and I, every time we got pregnant, it was like the first time. So I was like, you need to understand, I'm not saying that you are but you could be very fertile. So I was like, just know that. And so it's just like, it's at the point now where I think that they wish that we would kind of pull it back. But at the same time, I would rather have it where if there's any conversation, because I know it's happening at school. It is there, guys. It's in elementary school, yeah, they're being, high school. They're, they're learning, just like me being to- called a vagina. Like yeah. it, it, it's In it, sweet, tender Iowa of all places. Yeah, who would say something Who like would say that? But the point about it is they... If you don't set the narrative, then somebody else will. And just out of basic curiosity, because especially with the puberty and the and the maturation, Puberty. is they they want to know. Yeah, and they're they're gonna they're gonna gravitate and move to that. So, and, you, and also I think too of you being open and them not feeling like I'm hearing about this, but I got to secretly go find out about it. There is going to be shame and uncomfortableness around that subject. And you are setting them up for failure of those uncomfortable moments in their relationships further on in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, so once again, just reiterating the whole theme of this podcast, it's only weird if you make it weird. Yeah. So let's shift gears, shift gears. Let's talk about in our F word years. Yeah. Having relationships, marital, marital or, relationships, <laughs> having, having relationships. Okay. So here's a question for you. You know, I feel like, you know, you get into a relationship, you get married and things are hot and heavy. You, the hormones are going a hundred miles an hour. You're, 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 you're wildly attracted to each other. And then you start throwing in careers. You start throwing in mortgages. You start throwing in other stresses. You start babies. throwing in babies. And then all of a sudden, what was once something that was so easy to talk about and so instinctual, all of a sudden gets weird almost to a degree. So, well, and, and I mean, there definitely is the alluding to sex, but I think more than just sex, it's, it's intimacy absolutely with, with things changing. And I, I have shared in past episodes uh, that way I can't, I couldn't tell you which one, but about, um, it was when we talked about love languages is right after we had kids, I felt overwhelmed, like just so overwhelmed, someone touching, needing me. And Quinn is one of his love languages is touch. So he, I mean, obviously there's, there's like the, you know, sexy, sexy touch, but then there's, um, 
just, I want to sit on the couch and I want to be like next to you. I want to hold your hand. And for me, it was the kind of deal that I was like, I am so sick of people touching me because I have these little kids and I didn't want to hurt Quinn's feelings. I didn't, I didn't want to have the conversation because I didn't want to him to feel like, you know, but by not having that conversation and avoiding it, Quinn was like, finally one day he's like, am I disgusting? Like, do you hate me? Yeah, like, I was like, it's like, if I just turned into your roommate, is it something that I've done? Like, do you, are you just not? Attracted? Yeah. And for him, it was like totally a whole him thing. But when I stopped and I was like, oh my gosh, like by me not wanting to hurt his feelings, it, it became so much more. Well, I wouldn't even say hurt my feelings. It was just explain where you were coming. Yeah. From. And then I think when you, cause really- you weren't saying like, Hey, I don't, I don't want to be close to you ever or anything. Just say, Hey, I need some time to regroup. Like, yeah. I, and I that was, when we t- yeah. When we talked about, it, I was like, when the kids go to bed, I cannot have anybody sitting near me. It's like, I need an hour just to like, we can talk across the room. I just need time. And I think for us, it was uh, a huge, huge learning, um, experience. And I think that every time we had a kid, it was probably one of the hardest times as far as Quinn and I, like with our intimacy, just because it was almost like you added another equation. Well, and it's just, you know, it's another cog in the wheel. Like before you, if you're in a relationship before you have kids, it's just you two. Yeah. And then you add a kid and, and it, you're like, how is this going to fit? Yeah. And then you have a kid that comes in the middle of the night and sleeps on your floor. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I think that um, carrying over is I think you can have, and I think looking at your own relationships, there are times that you're like, uh, there's these weird moments and I don't want to breach this subject. Or it's like, you know what? I'm just going to go on status quo. And even though it may be an uncomfortable conversation. I don't want to have it. Yeah. And one thing to throw out there, and I've talked about this earlier on is, um, the ladies, I'm going to call you out a little bit is sometimes I think you use, and I think that we all as moms put your full heart into raising your kids, but I think sometimes using your kids as a boundary a shield. And this isn't even necessarily about sex. It's just for you to develop and work through those uncomfortable moments of having intimacy with your partner, your spouse, boyfriend, and that. And so the thing is, is your kids are great. But again, we've talked about having that separate relationship with the person, your love. Yeah, they all can't be lumped in the same bucket. Yeah, and I think that there is and, times. And you're and like, oh, I'm times, busy yeah. with the kids. And yes, that there are times where you're like, dude, we're so freaking busy. But there are times that I honestly, and I've seen it with people I know, that they'll use their kids almost as a like distraction so they don't have to have the hard conversation. Yeah, and I, I think in that line, there's what happens is you end up lumping your significant other into the family category as opposed to your life partner. Yes. So you they if you're a dude then you end up fathering your wife and if you're a woman you end up mothering your husband and that 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 never ends up good. Yeah. Yep, for sure. So there needs to be separation there. So as far as with women on the side is, I think when it comes to intimacy, Quinn and I were talking about this is, I think there's sometimes because we talked about how how things have progressed about being more open 
Um, and I think with women, there's been a lot of almost shame that is surrounded, you know, by sex or just about intimacy. You know, it's it's one that it is perceived sometimes differently on a woman than it is on a man. And I I think that there's sometimes women, it's like it's hard to turn off those feelings of the shame of shame. Just yeah. and, and I'm not saying that, you know, like walking around being like, oh, I'm so shameful. But I think if you honestly stop some time and be like, why can't I have this conversation with this person that's been in my life for so long? And I think a lot of times it goes back and be like, well, if I talk about it, I might not be a good girl or, you know, this, because it is, if you look at it, it's been something that, you know, programming, programming. Yes, exactly. And so um, my advice to you, if that is something that might not even be the case, but if it is baby steps, it doesn't mean that you have to go from zero to, Hey, I mean, it's as little as saying like, you know, having that conversation saying, okay, like I, you know, I need to have my space for a little bit, but I absolutely love being with you or, um, you, but you need to have baby steps and you need to be willing to open up and be vulnerable. Cause just like I told you on that little story, um, of when our kids were little was it grew and you could feel that tension in our relationship because what grew? Yes. Well, that too. But, um, but it, um, but was the kind of deal that it finally came to a head. You're talking about like kind of the, like uh, animosity is the wrong word, but the, just the overall kind of tension of. Yeah. And there's tension. And like I said, so more so is those baby steps of sitting down and saying, Hey, you know, this, this is what I'm feeling. And it, it isn't you, but like, as we work through this and we find our process together, please be patient with me because this is what's going on in my headspace. But the thing is, is like, you know, on vice versa, I think either partner, you, you can't read each other's minds. And so I think that we always jump to conclusions, just like on office space. <laughs> Michael, if you're lucky, this will happen to you too. Yeah. But anyway, so my advice to you is baby steps and be willing to be slightly vulnerable. Yeah. And that, that comes down to just like we talked about with our kids and our kids coming to us with, with questions, whatever questions they are. If you just shut it off, if somebody comes to you and they really want to talk and they're coming from a point of humility and just saying, Hey, I really want to work this out for our relationship. If you shut that off, that's, that pushes that person even further away. And sometimes when that person comes to you, you either realize you're in the wrong. Yeah. And that, that's sometimes the hardest part. It can be, you're the one that's been like the choke point and that goes and, and, and through a relationship, there's been times it's been me. There's been times it's been Megan. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's coming to the realization of going, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing this or yeah, that that's it. Okay. This isn't all about me, you know? And those are, those are humbling moments, but it's also very good because it's also very teachable. So Megan talked about the ladies and avoiding the shame and the baby steps and being open and vulnerable. But for the dudes, I think one of the biggest cons- like things that you need to get over is, I once again, you're, you're first in your marriage, first in your relationship, whatever, it's primal. It is primal urges. Like it's, it's primitive. It's how your brain is wired. It's, Hey, we love each other. Let's, let's restart the population. 
and it's it's how you go. But as you progress into your relationship, that that initial attraction, like that that hardwired initial attraction. Uh, not that it fades, but it becomes different. Like it's not, it's not an obsession. Well, I would say you're almost you're moving looking out of, for more. Well, you're moving out of lust. Yeah, like you're still like I'm attracted. Yeah. That person turns me on, but you're looking almost for more. So than uh, just like the primitive, like you're hot. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so part of it is, you know, and and guys like you know. It's uh, it, it's one of those things that you're wired thinking I'm gonna die if this doesn't happen. Uh, women are a little bit diff- a lot different where they're looking at it saying, it's the connection that kind of makes everything happen. It that's what that's what makes me want to be with you. Yeah, and I saw it was just like the other day I saw something that um, it said you know especially when it comes as more of an adult more mature into your relationship is fifty percent of it is the act and 50% of it is connection. And I think that definitely that is on the woman's side. Like it is, you know, on both like, um, but that's what I'm saying is a little bit more deeper um, connection in that relationship. But to have that, you need to be willing to have those conversations. And remember, it's only weird if you make it weird. And it's that person that you've chosen either to be married to, to live with, you know, that's whatever it may be, whatever type of relationship it is, that is the person that you've chose to have that intimacy in your life. And that intimacy, yes, is the act, but it's also the connection. And that connection is to be able to talk about it and to connect with each other. Well, and with that connection, I think when you know we've talked about in earlier episodes about Megan and I sitting down and being perfect being perfect and talking <laughs> about kind of dating each other again and all of that as our kids you know all of a sudden we just entered in a different phase of our lives and but part of it is saying like hey i really need you to do x y and z for me right the other person also has to be willing to come to the table it can't be hey you don't do this 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 and this and this and i'm perfect Yeah, it it needs to be on both sides of it, you know, where you are meeting each other. Um, And remember, you have your flaws too. So it's, it's, you can't look at it and say, well, I'm perfect in this marriage. Well, if this person did this and this person did this, and this is, this is some good advice I got in uh, when I was first married. I can't remember, but one of a buddy of mine said, you know, Instead of complaining about your wife, look inward and say, you know, what is it that probably drives her crazy too about you and work on yourself first before you ever complain. And I thought that was pretty sound advice of sitting there saying like, it's always easy to point out what somebody's not doing, but a lot of reasons when people aren't doing things, look at what you're not doing too. Yeah. And, and And I, and I think too, is be able to have that conversation too, like have it. It's only weird if you make it weird. And, you know, it is very vulnerable. I mean, Megan and I have had that conversation and it's wildly vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, we we've had, you know, we've been married 21 years together, 23. And, you know, uh, we've had moments where we've had to regroup and be like, "Uh, let's have this like weird conversation. But I will tell you every single time we've come out stronger on the other side and then it's easier. 
it's easier just like your kids and, and this isn't necessarily even well, about sex this is just about like that hey like I feel like I'm drowning over here like I need support like this whatever it may be once you have those relations like but you also can't go in attacking yeah and I, I will say just kind of to wrap this section up is it is incredibly healthy for your kids to see that intimacy is part of your relationship. Now that doesn't mean shock them. So they're clawing their eyeballs out. That that means that you still lock the door. No, but I think that by, by intimacy, like I said, is them seeing each other, hold each other's hand. They know that you guys go on dates together, that you do weekends away together. Yeah. It's like our kids joked one time because our middle had to do the, fold the laundry. Yeah. And she found your vacation. Yeah. And she was like, our oldest was like, mom, you need to get it together because Olivia's is so freaked out because every time it's like all your sexy underwear. And I was like, so, and she's like, it's gross. And I was like, it's only weird. If you make it weird, you know, it happens and you should appreciate dad. And I love each other. (laughs) And she's like, she's like, I'm grossed out, but I can appreciate it all at the same time. You know, meaning that it is something they know. And it's not, we, we are, we keep everything away from them, but they also are not naive to know that we love each other. We make time for each other and we're still attracted to each other. So just like a kid coming forward to you, asking you a a question, I think in general, people are afraid on how they'll be perceived. So this can be any kind of difficult conversation, whether it be whether it be work, whether it be a conversation. Well, I think it could be like a work meeting where you're like, uh, I feel like I, I want to change how the system is. And I know this might hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. Or I'm afraid to speak up because everyone might think I'm a little crazy because of my idea, whatever it may be, you know, like it could be all across the board. I think that we have that fear of how we're going to be perceived. Yeah. Because we're like, okay, this is, this got awkward. It's going to get weird. So I'm making it weird. And then you don't end up having the conversation and ultimately you end up frustrated. Yeah. And I think what he said in there that really struck me is you make it weird in these conversations. A lot of times it is you, it is like in your own headspace where you're like, uh, I'm going to make this weird instead of just like, like most things hitting it head on and dealing with that. Yeah. So we talked a little bit last week about your health and as well as your mental health, as far as your check engine lights go and all that. This is another conversation that you might be worried about how, like if you go to a doctor and say, you know, you bring up something that's embarrassing, right? We all start to have embarrassing things happen to us in our F word years. Yeah. I think it's when, you know, you're like, okay, more than ever, like you're, uh, you're, the car's getting a little bit older. <laughs> you a need a rusty. routine checkup, yeah. you know? And, and there's certain things that are weird that you may, you may avoid talking to a health professional about. And I guarantee you it's not weird for them. And same with mental health. You might say, well, how am I going to be perceived? Well, if you need help, you need help. You need and, that, help. and that's the thing is, is remember, it's only weird if you make it weird. So if it's something that you, you need to, you know, mental health or your physical health, whatever it may be is, I mean, I think a little bit of that not being weird is allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Well, and I also think having the confidence to own how you feel. Yeah. And I will say, so with health, um, Day in and day out, 
I, I work, you know, as a personal trainer, as a coach, and I tell people all the time, I definitely am a coach and a personal trainer, but I feel like part of it is a therapist because there is a point where most people they'll give like kind of that generic answer of I'm here because I just want to get more fit. And as you kind of dig deeper with people, that's where they get a little bit more vulnerable and they open up. And it is one of those where usually there's a lot, lot deeper of a conversation. But once there's that, that connection in opening up, you're like, okay, like I get you, I, you know, get what your goals are, what we're going to work through and that. And so it's one of those, my, my job that I go through a lot of training on how to almost extract people's vulnerability when it comes to their own body image and in a like a loving coaching way like hey what is it you know and so it's one of those that if it's something that you're looking at remember if you're overweight and you want to get in shape it's only weird if you want to make it weird it's like one of those like I am the biggest fan of seeing the person that is like on the treadmill or out running that you know, a lot of people be like, Oh, you know, they're really, I'm like, dude, that is awesome. They're getting at, like, we always say that we're like, they're getting after it. That is awesome. So remember, it's only weird if you make it weird and have your goals. Screw everybody else. Own it. So a huge part of this is, okay, so now we've gotten over the weirdness. It's weird, no? Weird, no? Weird, no? So now that we've gotten over the weirdness of just having an awkward conversation, the second part of this is if you're on the receiving end of this conversation. Is this you're going to the dermatologist tomorrow? I'm having naked time with Greg tomorrow, <laughs> yes. So I get- our, You guys need to understand our neighbor behind us that lives right, like our fence meets, he's our dermatologist. And Quinn always just in his phone, it's called Naked Time with Greg. Yeah, and it's amazing. I, I think he has to warn his whole office <laughs> before you come in to get your moles checked and yeah, stuff. Well, I'm yeah. being safe. I'm yeah. check engine. Yeah, light, no, right? you are. You're not making it weird. No, it's not. only weird to Greg. Yeah. <laughs> it's only weird to him. Oh, he likes it. Yeah. So uh, the huge part of this is also listening. Okay. So if somebody comes to you with a conversation that's awkward, let's say you're a boss and someone comes to you and asks for a raise or, um, Somebody comes to you with a, your significant other comes to you with something that might make you uncomfortable or whatever. The biggest point or your kids come to you and w- want to know about the Woodland Gunther gnome. Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly what yeah. he asked about. <laughs> so, but the point is, is being willing to listen, just shut up and let them, let them talk. And then like we've talked about before, take a deep breath, assess the situation not the inhale of disappointment. Not the inhale of disappointment. Don't shut them down. Don't try and fix the problem right away. Listen. See what they have to say. Because, like we've talked about, if you do not listen, then you close that door. Yeah, and I think our natural tendency is to give the answer or fix the problem before they're done. So, and I remember there was an instant, it was probably this last year, um, and I've had many of opportunities of doing this as well. So I'm not picking on Quinn, but I remember it was something I want to say it was almost about politics or something. And our, our daughter was going on this rant and it was like Quinn, you know, kind of stopped and kind of just started lecturing. And then I could just see that she was like, Nope, I'm out, you know? And it was one that I talked to him after. And like I said, I'm not picking on Quinn because I've done this and I've been really 
trying to focus like with our kids, with Quinn in relationships that I'm in to try to take a step back and listen. Because I told Quinn, I was like, I agree that we don't agree with what she was going off about. But I was like, let her finish and then find questions to ask and lead because it makes her think deeper on the subject. Because I said, you lecturing her just gives her more fire to be like, hmm, well, I'm going to show my parents that I believe this. And he was like, Oh yeah, that's a, you know what I mean? And so, um, with that, that was a great opportunity and Quinn has been phenomenal about it. Like now, like it's happened, you know, you have teenagers, they have, you know, um, ideas in their head is Quinn will just be like, okay, like, why do you think that explain it? And then it comes into this conversation instead of it being a three minute conversation, it'll be like a 45 minute discussion. And there's been times, right. That you finish. And she's like, I would have never thought of it that mm-hmm. way. You know, more than yeah, helped, helped, helped her see the big picture. Yes. But the lecturing. So listening is, you know, that's just one situation, but I think listening is, is key. Try not to fix every problem. Just sit and listen. Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about when we're talking about, it's only weird if you make it weird is there are situations that are hard and you don't know what to say. Let's say, uh, you say it best when you say nothing. No, it's, no, that doesn't that work doesn't here. Work. No, 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 no. Um, that's I, making I, it weird. I think it would be more like shout, shout, let it all out. These yeah. are the things. That, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So let's say like, for example, I've talked, you know, at length about how I lost my dad last summer, how he passed away. And, you know, uh, it's no fault of anybody because I've done the exact same thing, but I had a few people say, I, I just wasn't sure what to say. Or I want to give you your space. Yeah. I want to give you your space. And I assure you like, or, you know, people we've known people that have had sick kids, you know, cancer or other, or I feel like we've had a lot of people that, um, they're going through divorce Yeah, and you're like, I don't know what to say. Some of those types. Well, and let me tell you, having, having gone through the experience I did with my father is there's nothing weird that anybody said to me. I was like, man, I I really appreciated it. And so uh, that's just a challenge to everybody out there is as you get older, I swear, like just I open up Facebook and someone I know is losing somebody every week and just take that moment and reach out. Or if you know somebody's kid got diagnosed with somebody, something, or there's somebody's going through a difficult time, don't feel like, or divorce or whatever, don't feel like you need to give your opinion or anything. Just let people know that, Hey, I'm here for you thinking about you, praying for you. Like I am so sorry. Just support is what people need. Yeah. And a lot of times by you making it, making that whole situation weird, cause you don't know what to say. You can even say, I don't know what to say. I'm so sorry, but I'm here if you need to, you know, whatever it may be. But a lot of times, um, and Quinn is phenomenal at this where, um, a lot of people he's known have gone through divorce and he's been one that he's like, I, I'm going to check in with that person every single day. And it's not necessarily even going to be about the divorce. He's just like, I'm going to do it so that they know that there's a lifeline out there of someone to talk to. And if they want to talk about it, great. If not, but um, I can't tell you how many people that Quinn knows in his life that come around and be like, you know, they've come to me and been like, I can't tell you how much Quinn helped me. And it wasn't necessarily like talking about the nitty gritty of their kid being sick or a divorce or whatever it may be in their life. It was just having someone. Well, and I think, well, I should say, I know, uh, 
in a lot of those situations, people going through something difficult just want to get it off their chest. They want to be able to talk it out. They don't want you to fix it. They don't want you to fix it. So if, if you are just that sounding board where they can let it out, that's huge. And that's, even though it's uncomfortable and weird and you don't know what to say, sometimes you don't have to say anything at all. You're just there to let them talk, let them kind of work through it and, uh, and just move on with life. So be that friend, like uncomfortable situations. You may view them as uncomfortable in those, like, like the situations we just talked about, but really those people need help. So don't, don't look at it as say, I'm going to make this weird. And so I don't know what to say. So I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. And we all have experiences where we've chickened out. Oh, for sure. We all have. And um, we didn't have that hard conversation. I think you can probably all of us look back early in our career where you're like, "Uh, I wanted to have this conversation about a promotion or something that was going on at work. And you just did not know. And I, I guarantee it leads to a harder conversation. You know, it's like Quinn just said is listening, talking to a friend and being support. If you make it weird and try to avoid them, it's like, think of how much harder that conversation is going to be down or, or where you're, you're like, oh, sorry, I bailed <laughs> on you. You know, you know, one thing I've seen in corporate America, too, is sometimes in work situations, people don't want to have the conversation and they kind of do the whole uh, with Milton in uh, yeah. office space. It's best these things just kind of work. They work. They work themselves out. And so what happens is, you know, I've seen it where people have lost really good employees over a misconception that they could have just sat down and had the conversation, but they they chickened out on it because it was going to be weird. It was going to be uncomfortable. And then so all of a sudden that person got the wrong perception of what was happening and left. Yeah. And I think that you can look at that all across is how many times have you avoided just in any relationship and you kind of build up like this misconception. And then if you ever do have the conversation, you're like, that is not what I thought. Yeah, Like, for example, like Megan mentioned, like when we had young kids in my mind, I was looking at it saying she doesn't like me at all. Like I, it was I, on the, it was totally different. I, I was I like, discussed her. Yeah. And I was like, I love Quinn so much. We have this beautiful baby. I was just overwhelmed, yeah. you know? And so, um, just like Eminem says, mm. yes, you have one shot, one opportunity, Quinn. <laughs> That's what I mean. Not necessarily just one opportunity, but missed opportunities may never come back around. I thought Eminem said, I'm going to tie you to the bed and burn the house down. He did say oh, that with okay. Rihanna too. <laughs> Um, but you know, I do love him. So in conclusion, guys, uh, it's only weird if you make it weird. I know we, I know we talked about sex because that's just, we were thinking when we were planning out this show today, we were like, well, and we, we honestly had to talk about a lot of it of the birth of that saying in our family. Yeah. Like literally our kids will be like, what do I always say? And they'll be like, it's only weird if you make it weird. And so I think you know, if there was stuff that was uncomfortable in there, um, yeah, like I said, it's just keep repeating that in your head is it's only weird if I make it weird. We're all human. We all, you know. So it's a good mantra to live yeah. by. So yeah. if there is anything, whether it be sex, whether it be your relationship with your significant other, whether it be having a conversation with your kids going to college, I don't know. Like it's, it's just, it's only weird if you make it weird. And we are all very acutely tuned in that if somebody comes into a room mad, 
you're going to feel the energy of them coming in the room mad. If they come in the room happy, you're going to feel the energy of that person happy. And if they come in the room uncomfortable, you're going to feel uncomfortable. And when you feel uncomfortable, you tend to put your muffs on. So my my suggestion to everybody out there is let's make things not weird. Let's If you have something you need to talk about, do it. And as Megan mentioned too, if you're on the receiving end of that conversation, listen, be open, be willing, and understand that that person is coming to you. And if you shut them off, they may never come back again. Yeah, that one shot. That one, that shot. one opportunity. <laughs> I mean, I figure like that was a good closer. Yeah, well, right in closing, um, we hope everybody has a great last week of May that hopefully the sun comes out, it warms up, and uh, everybody enjoys their Memorial Day weekend and does something fun. So have a great one, gang. Stay classy. <laughs>